Welcome to the fifth quarter. The Seahawks season comes to an end today, 26-24 at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals. They finish the season 9-7 and seven and out of the playoffs. And joining us now, special guest host for us on the fifth quarter tonight, Dave Craig, 19-year NFL veteran, 12 with the Seahawks, has a ton of NFL experience. And Dave, with all that experience, you look at this game, you see what happened out there. Were you surprised that they seemed to come out so flat in the first half with a game of such magnitude? It did seem like that. It's, you know, they didn't come out with that intensity, but they always talk about the Seahawks being a second-half team. But, you know, in a game like this, like you said, they needed to come out a little bit faster with a more sense of an urgency. They did do that in the second half, but it was too little too late. You see what happened. This, this team used to be unbeatable here uh, in Seattle, and, boy, they've really struggled this season at home. And, um, is it some point that the players maybe take it for granted coming at home and they lost that protect the house kind of feeling? Well, I don't know if they've lost that feeling, but they've lost some of the players that were a part of that. You know, you lose Cam Chancellor, you lose Richard, you lose Cliff Averill, you're losing some uh, experience there. So that was the thing that let out from the whole season on, and this is just the finality of it, the offensive line and issues like that, not having a running game. So we're seeing some of those things. Now you got you see what you have to repair for next year. Yeah, well, the, the, the Seahawks needed to beat the Cardinals, and the Falcons had to lose at home to Carolina, and neither one of those happened. So uh, so there'll be three teams from the NFC South in the playoffs and, and just, uh, just the Rams from the NFC West as this Seahawks team loses again 26-24. Uh, Walsh misses a le- another field goal, and I would imagine uh, – had this been for a trip to the playoffs and he missed that field goal, boy, whew, the yeah, fans have been be a lot different. I mean, it seems like, well, he missed the field goal, but thank goodness I guess the Falcons did win. But for him to miss that field goal at the end, it just kind of put a damper on everything else like they lost and then they lost in that fashion. But had it been the other way, there would be a lot a lot more uh, going after Blair Walsh. Yeah. Well, you know, as you and I talked about before we went on, there's uh, plenty of blame to go around for the Seahawks season, but they do finish 9-7. and seven. And then, uh, you know, you start looking ahead. And we'll have some time during this uh, next 45 minutes or so to look ahead at the Seahawks' future and see what, what uh, what's in store for this team because we know the injured players coming back next year. Who knows uh, how much of that defensive unit will be here. So I'm not going to ask you to analyze that. But when you look at this, Dave, and, and, and you look at your own playing career, um, what would be a reason that a team would come out so flat in a game like, uh, of, of this kind of magnitude? Like, I'm sure you've been in games where you're kind of scratching your head like, why are we playing like garbage? Right. Sometimes you just can't figure it out. And But it's happened a few times now. The last game I was here was the Rams game. But then they go to Dallas, and there wasn't much offense there. And then there wasn't much offense here. And the defense is on the field a long time. So it kind of goes part and parcel. It's like defense, you have to get off the field. Uh, but if you give the ball back to the offense and they're only out there for three plays, now your defense back out in the field. And I think over the course of a year, you get fatigued like that. As far as being flat, I don't know what, what the I, what the thinking is on that. you got to give credit to the Cardinals for coming out and playing with a sen- more of a sense of purpose in the first half than the Seahawks did. Yeah, how much credit does Bruce Arians get? I mean, he, he's now 4-1 and one in Seattle as head coach, and uh, he even made a crack, I believe, earlier in the week about how Seattle's kind of been his home field, you know, almost like a home field for him, a second home, because he has so much success here. Is it just sometimes where a head coach and even a team uh, just has another team's number? I think that's kind of smart of Bruce in a way to, to tell the Cardinals, like, hey, we've been up there, we have one, and they have the 12th man, and it's a great home field advantage for the Seahawks. But he was just kind of putting it in his own players' heads and their own minds, like, yeah, we can go up there and one. We've done it before. Why can't we do it again? So that attitude right there takes out that, you know, you hear a lot of teams come in here and they go, oh, it's a hard place to play. And you can psych yourself out by that. 
And I think Bruce Arians did a different thing. He just said, hey, we've won there before. We can do it. Yeah, and it's a matter of uh, you look ahead to the Cardinals and, and whether Bruce Arians is going to be back. There's so much speculation with head coaches. I saw even Pete Carroll's name up there on uh, another network earlier today speculating that he could retire after this year, just throwing it out there. It's like, you know, you never know what, of course, he's at 66 years old, what he's got left in the tank and whether he wants to uh, embark on some kind of rebuild here in Seattle. But let's let's face it, that Seahawks offense uh, needs to be rebuilt. We've talked about this offensive line um, and the troubles they've had, Dave, but at the same time, something's just not working and hasn't worked for a while on that side of the ball. Yeah, we've noticed that the whole year. We talked about it last year. Sometimes you get players, and they're only as good as they are, and that's how much you can afford, and that's what you get. So they're doing the best they can. You can't blame the players. They're only as good as they are. You might have to get better players at, at certain positions, and, and it takes a while to revamp that. The Seahawks, when they came in four or five years ago, they came in and won with a young bunch of guys. Now these guys are getting older and getting injured. So now you got to start next year and find out where, how you're going to fix this offense up. The defense is okay, but they're getting older too. So there's a lot of fixing to go on, and it does start with the offensive line and the defensive line for the Seahawks as well. Okay, I want to ask you one last question before we go to break. You know, as a, as a quarterback in this league, um, it, it has to make your job much easier when that offensive line is playing. It seemed like every minute Russell, every snap he took, he was turning and pivoting already because he was under pressure. Um, you know, as an offense, as a, as a quarterback, and you're looking at your offensive line that struggles like that, what can you say as a quarterback to even stay positive and keep everybody positive knowing that the struggles that are going on? That is a hard job to do because after a while it does get to you. You know, you drop back. Before you can even hand off your tackle, you know, my son Matt told me about that. Look, Dad, he got tackled before he was even handing it off. So that gets in your mind. It's like I got to rush this pattern. I got to get it off quicker. Um, I got to do everything. And that starts to get in your mind a little bit. You start making plays or not making plays you should make. And um, that, that has an attrition effect, and it, and it trickles down to everybody and to Russell. But to like you said, Paul, he's got to be the guy to get everybody going, keep them going you know, keep their heads up, and, and we always have a chance type attitude. And Russell does a good job of that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's done a nice job of yeah. that throughout his career here in Seattle. Dave Craig, 19-year NFL veteran, joining us here on the fifth quarter. We're going to continue to talk about this game. We'll get to the highlights. They've just opened the door to the locker room. So uh, we'll hear from the players and head coach Pete Carroll coming up as the fifth quarter continues. Stay with us. The Seahawks season comes to an end at 9-7 and seven on the season. Couple with the Falcons win, which pretty much put these guys out of business. They did lose to the Cardinals out here 26-24. Blair Walsh missing a field goal in the final seconds that would have won the game for him, pulled him out. We've talked a little about the struggles with the kickoff or uh, field goal kicking and place kicking, but let's talk about the uh, the struggles with this Seahawks running game. They had 101 yards rushing today. Dave Craig joining us. Dave, um, when you look at the Seahawks running backs, did it seem like things were gradually improving in the running game and uh, you know throughout the second half of the season? Um, not a lot. I mean, it's been something talked about. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The offensive line, the running back situation has been a problem. Um, you, you, you pay this many guys, you pay this guy, you, 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 you end up having not offensive linemen or running backs that are, you know, being able to carry the load to have pro bowl type caliber players there. So that's been a problem. That's something that has to be addressed. That'll make your offense a lot better. You'll be able to do more play action passes. You'll be able to sustain the ball like the Cardinals did in the first half. I thought their offensive line did a great job against our defensive line. Um, they, they were probably the lowest ranked offensive uh, as far as rushing the ball. And uh, they control the ball, especially in the first half against us. And you can't have that. That sets the tone for them. And that's where it looks like we're flat. Yeah, uh, Kerwin Williams had a good night uh, rushing against the uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, 
you know, they the Cardinals have had their share of injuries. Carson Palmer lost early in the season. They lost uh, David Johnson, their top running back, and really top everything for them. Uh, and then lost Adrian Peterson late in the season. So uh, the Cardinals have had to overcome their own injuries, and, and Drew Stanton showed some improvement. Give me a quick word about Stanton. You know, this guy's kind of a career backup, but he showed some toughness out there today. He got yeah. popped a few times. He's a tough quarterback. I believe he's from Michigan State. Um, uh, Bruce wanted to use him earlier down in the season, uh, down there after Carson got hurt. But Blaine Gabbert had to come in because Drew Stanton was hurt. And they've always liked this kid. I think he showed some moxie out there today. He showed how to do it. Um, but he also had a great receiver. I'll tell you what, that's, this is the epitome of the wide receiver position is Larry Fitzgerald. The way he goes out there and he does everything almost textbook, uh, runs routes. He catches the ball with two hands. He secures it. He's just That's the type of uh, receiver that all these other kids want to look up to, not only on the field but off the field as well. Larry's a good dude. All right, you know that uh, uh, Russell Wilson's facing Chandler Jones out there today who leads the NFL in sacks. He's had just a monster season. Um, As a quarterback, you know they've got the big dogs on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, how do you prepare as a quarterback when you know the, the, the sack leader is coming to your house? Um, that is a hard thing to prepare for. You try to put it out of your mind. I mean, we had guys like Lawrence Taylor and Derek Thomas way back in the old days and how uh, we long in those. You don't really prepare for it. You just hope that your offensive lineman can hold them out. You have to look downfield and everything. Chandler Jones, my son Matt said, is the brother of John Jones, the UFC fighter. So that shows his dedication and determination and grit. He's a great athlete. Um, you don't. You, you have some nightmares once in a while thinking about those guys, but that just helps you to get rid of the ball as quick as you can. Those are big guys coming after you. All right, you, you brought it up before we go to break. Tell me, uh, you know, who, who was the guy that you feared most as a, as, a, as, a, as a pass rusher or someone that maybe that cleaned your clock back in the day? Do you remember a biggest hit you took? There were, there were a couple guys that were good, like I mentioned Lawrence and Derek Thomas and, and, and the Raiders, but it's just an accumulation of all those things. There wasn't one that was good, but they all did their job. They were successful in the end of it, but I try not to remember any one bad one. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing a good job there, man. You couldn't pinpoint <laughs> one. That's good. You, you escaped oh, a lot of them. Many. There's many. <laughs> All right. Uh, 26-24. Seahawks season comes to an end here today. I promise we'll hear from the players. Can't show you any highlights because the Bengals-Ravens game is still going. It's got to follow NFL rules. Can't do anything until those guys finish it up. So we'll continue here on the fifth quarter uh, shortly. Stay with us. Back here with 19-year NFL veteran Dave Craig. And, and Dave, uh, you know, I'm sure back in the days with your 12 years with the Seahawks and the other several teams you played with, you heard boos from the home crowd. This team was booed off the field at halftime, and rightfully so. But um, give me the feeling as a player going off into your home locker room, you're hearing this. That, that is not a good feeling. It makes you mad because you're like, I can remember when it first happened here. It was 83, 84, and then it was 85. We were supposed to go to the Super Bowl, and we went 2-2 two and 2-2, two and two and two and we ended up 8-8. Eight and eight. And the fans started booing. I'm like, what the heck is this? And then you start getting angry with yourself because, you know, you're not making the plays that they pay money to come and watch. And they want to and – and the other thing with the Seahawks fans now is for the last four or five years, they've been spoiled with a team that constantly goes to the playoffs and then Super Bowl and then another Super Bowl. So that's what you're used to seeing – and now here's the reality of it. Guys get injured. You don't have the same talent that you used to have on your team that got you to the Super Bowl. So now we're seeing a team that's playing for with pride and for pride and some of the warriors that are still left from those three or four teams from three or four years ago. So it's a hard reality to face. It's like, hey, we're not as good now as we were a couple of years ago, and that's the reality of the situation right now. Now they have to improve on it for next year. 
How much of this could be like a shooting slump or a hitting slump where you know you step out on that field and you know you've lost three games here and you're not used to that? Um, does it get in your mind that you walk out there and you're like, oh, man, we've got to play better home and, and, and mess with you a little bit? Um, a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, if I was out there and the fans are booing and you're frustrated going out there again at halftime, but that's where your pride comes in. You have to get up. Even if the fans are booing, even if you're not doing good, you still have to have that persistency about you, that competitiveness that, hey, I'm out here. I may not be as talented as the other guy, but there's nothing against me working harder than that guy. So you have to come up with those type of attitudes to keep yourself going. These fans come here. It's cold weather. They're watching. They want to be entertained. They want to see their team win. You have to go out there and at least give the best effort you have. Yeah, they, they came up short today. Again, 26-24, just recapping. The Falcons uh, beat the Panthers at home 22-10. So uh, the Falcons are in the playoffs. The Panthers are in the playoffs. The Saints win their division, uh, even though they lost to the Bucks today. So three teams from the NFC South in, only one for the NFC West. And it was funny, you look across the league today as we take a break from talking Seahawks just for a second, but, boy, it looked like preseason rosters out there. A lot of these guys were resting their starters, and uh, the Steelers rested everybody against the Browns and barely pulled one out. But at this point in the season, um, you know, it was kind of smart for the NFL to start all the games that right. meant something at the same time. I, I've never seen that before. That kind of made sense. We, can't, we couldn't see if the Falcons were going to win or lose before the game started. And it keeps everything on an equal competitive playing field, so it makes sense. And the way everything worked out, whether he made the field goal or not, uh, it really didn't matter. The Falcons won the game, and that's all that matters. But, you know, missing a field goal at the end, not playing good offense, not playing as good a defense, losing to the Cardinals at home. You know, you can't get away from You can't run from that. That did happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, uh, uh, Bruce Arians goes to 4-1 and one in Seattle as a head coach. He's had success here. His players know they've had success here, and they weren't intimidated at all coming up here and taking the Seahawks out on their home field. Uh, so, you know, we're going to hear from Pete Carroll in a few. We're going to hear from the players. I should say this, uh, doing this show all season long, uh, the locker room opens usually pretty quickly, but Pete Carroll took some extra time, I'm assuming, to talk to his players as a final deal, uh, and, and they air some things out and kind of wrap things up because the season ended. So there was a little extra time in that locker room tonight, but he'll be getting to the podium soon. Um, if you look ahead, and, and I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but as far as playing Seahawks GM for a second, you look at this team going ahead, going ahead to next year, uh, what's the first thing you're going to fix, Dave? What's I would say uh, it probably goes right along with the fan base here and everybody else is the offensive line. I mean, these guys are hard-playing guys. I'm not going to knock them or anything like that. But if you want to get better, you have to start with your offensive line if you want your offense to get better. Give Russell more time to give your running back more time. Maybe add a receiver or two. And then you have to shore up your defense a little bit. you still got good quality players there, and they come back from injury. But I'd say the offensive line and a running back. Right, Seahawks have used some high picks on those O-linemen over the last few years and really uh, haven't matured or didn't pan out. So we'll see what happens as they go into the offseason. For a very interesting offseason coming up, we'll talk about that in just a few. We'll hear from head coach Pete Carroll uh, as we continue here on the fifth quarter. Stay with us. Uh, Pete Carroll talking about Shaq Griffin and the yes. way that uh, you know he, he had his first interception today, long overdue. Like the, you've not long overdue so much as you feel like this kid played so well in his rookie season that he should get a pick, at least one pick in his first uh, NFL season. Well, yeah, Matt, my son Matt, he kind of keeps me in touch with these young guys, and I was I've been watching this kid lately, and I'm like, I just walk, I like his work ethic, I like how he's always in the right position it seems like uh for a young kid he's really smart he had, he, he doesn't have that he goes for the ball he attacks and that's what pete likes in a in a def- in a secondary is a guy that'll attack and go after when he sees it puts his foot in the ground and makes a decision and goes for it so for a young kid he's doing really good all right let's talk about this team before we hear bobby wagner's coming up tyler lockett 
Um, but before we get to those guys, I, I want to ask you about this team. Uh, we talk about so much of the pessimism after a 9-7 and seven season, and, but you brought it up earlier, and it's been brought up all season long about the injuries this team had to overcome. Uh, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for even being in the hunt, I think, at losing the top five guys on defense that they did right. to be in the hunt on this final weekend and being one win and basically one loss away. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit, huh? Heck, yeah, they do. And I think the fans of Seattle, they need to look at this and say, be proud of what you've just seen for the last four or five years. It didn't come to fruition this year. But you had a good run of a bunch of good football players, and we're talking about a lot of injuries. Now, these injuries also, uh, they affect the – the, the special teams because now guys are going in like Shaq Griffin that maybe used to be on special teams. Some other guys have to go in there and, and start on defense. Now you're losing these guys on special teams, and that has an effect on punt coverage, kickoff coverage, return, all that stuff. So it has a trickle-down effect. One guy gets injured, yeah, the next guy steps up, but then somebody has to be in there on special teams that probably didn't play as much. So these injuries, they come, they happen, they happen on every team. It's who do you have to come in to replace them that can probably try to keep up as good as they can to where somebody is. And you can't always do it with a Richard Sherman or a Cam Chancellor, but you can get as close as you can. That's a great point. You know, people forget that, and I certainly would as you're sitting there. You're like, oh, man, we lost all these guys on defense. But, man, it trickles down. You're right. To the rest of the squad and the special teams is so important. It's so cliche. We've got to be strong on offense, defense, and special teams. Special teams is the third one, but it's always just as important as the other two. So, usually when it comes out of a coach's mouth, they're dead serious about special teams. When we come back, we'll hear from Michael Bennett, Dwayne Brown, a few other Seahawks as we uh, start to wrap things up and wrap up things for the season as well. The Seahawks lose it 26-24 to the Cardinals. We're back on the fifth quarter in just a few. Uh, final thoughts on this team, Dave, before we let you go and then celebrate New Year's Eve. Well, I guess to the 12s out there, I mean, you had a good run, like I said, the last four or five years. It, this season didn't go as well as we planned. These guys worked as hard as they can. They'll come back again next year. I know that. Uh, a lot to look forward to for sure with the Seahawks team, especially when they get healthy in the offseason, do a little bit of rebuilding where they got to get it done. For Dave Craig, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks well, a lot. It's a pleasure working with you today. <laughs> yeah, today. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave, thanks for coming on. Thank you for joining us here on the fifth quarter, not only today, but all season long. We'll see you next year.